Who was that? he asked. Rolling her eyes, the redhead said, Robin, again? You swore you weren't married, but she's called like 20 times in the last few days. Last few days? She's not my wife. I work with her. Well, I'm not sharing you. Now get on over here. You've got a promise to keep. Nathan leaned against the bathroom door jam. He needed to stay standing. Promise? Come on now, don't be like that. With a syrup-sweet voice, she added, I know we were drunk, but you promised you'd keep me satisfied as long as I could take it, and I warned you that I had stamina, but you said you could take me on forever. You've done a good job so far, but we got at least one more solid day in this bed. She pressed her full breasts together. My two girls here have gotten cold and lonely. Come warm them up. Nathan stifled a chuckle. She had no idea how long forever could be. Neither had he until his life changed on the floor of a New York City deli. Back then, he went by the name Nathan Flynn, a law school student with a bright future ahead and an engagement ring in his pocket. But he died in that deli, his throat slit on the grimy tiled floor. And he was reborn Nathan Kay. He still had Nathan Flynn's soul, but his body no longer belonged to him. It was that of an immortal, a being able to harbor two souls. If Nathan died, his second soul left him, but his first soul remained, keeping him alive and healed. As long as he maintained a second soul, he would live forever. Having tasted death, Nathan thought forever sounded grand, though he had discovered it could be quite lonely. Looking at this willing redhead, he decided that whatever had happened the last three or so days didn't matter right now. The world needed help, and he provided what he could. But didn't he deserve a few days off with a warm embrace calling to him? "'Come here already,' she said, puckering her lips. "'Don't make me beg.' "'Wouldn't want that,' he said, feeling his hangover clearing a little. He slid back into bed and into the woman's arms. They kissed and groped and moaned, and though it all felt new to his sobering mind, he could tell she knew his body well. "'Oh,' she said, "'I feel you waking up.' Nathan's phone rang again. Not the regular old-time phone ring, but rather a few bars of sympathy for the devil. That ringtone had been assigned to only one person, somebody he thought he might not hear from for a lifetime, at least. "'Octavia.' "'Don't answer it,' the woman said." Nathan paused, not wanting to remove his hands from her chest or his body from under her, but the song continued to play. She must have seen something in his eyes, because she rolled off of him with a disappointed sigh. "'Go on,' she said. Nathan grabbed his phone. "'What is it?' he said, by way of hello. Octavia's firm yet silk voice said, "'The Cardinal. He's loose.' "'Not my problem.' Considering that he left behind a wall filled with drawings of you, you may want to rethink that. Swinging his legs off the bed, he muttered a few swears. Thanks for the warning. I didn't call just to warn you. You're going to help me get the Cardinal back. What makes you think I'd give a crap about any of that? You and Larkin and the rest of them mortals can go play your stupid games. I've made it clear for a long time now that I want nothing to do with you people. He thought he sounded convincing, but Octavia merely said, Say goodbye to the girl and meet me at the airport diner. You're here? She hung up. As Nathan threw on his clothes, he looked over the lovely form of the woman in his bed. 
Stay here for a bit. I've got a meeting, but I'll do my best to shut it down. He leaned over and kissed her. I'd very much like you to be here when I get back. Though she pouted, her eyes sparkled. You'll have to cross your fingers and hope. I'll do that. Once dressed, he made sure to slip Maggie, his 10mm Wilson Combat Classic, in his waistband before leaving. As he walked to his car, he thought the redhead's advice would serve him well with Octavia, too. Crossing my fingers.